Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a newly committed high school athlete that just received an athletic scholarship. He's got a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 289 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This is the world's longest running podcast for parents and athletes that explores every aspect of recruiting and athletic scholarships. It's coaching that you can apply to your family's athletic scholarship pursuit. This podcast is primarily for parents, but athletes will benefit too. Subscribe and listen on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, or iHeart, so you'll always get the latest episode as soon as it's posted on Tuesday mornings. You'll learn something new each episode that will take you through your athletic scholarship journey. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, contact me directly at brent at recruit-me.com. In last week's episode, we took a break from the series from the myths about athletic scholarships. I invite you to go back to last week's episode, episode 288, to hear an interview with Jake Hedrick, a former junior college, Division II, and Division I men's basketball coach. And now he's an athletic event director and coordinator. We talk about college recruiting and postgraduate schools and academies. Listen on recruit-me.com or on your favorite podcast app. Episodes 279 through 287 are myths 1 through 8 about athletic scholarships. These are taken from the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. The Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System is a DIY, step-by-step system that walks you through your student-athletes and your family's recruiting path. Go to recruit-me.com and click on the Recruit Me 3.0 tab to get more information. And at the end of this episode, you'll hear about a new special when you purchase the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. Myth number nine out of the ten myths is... Coaches resent being contacted by prospective athletes. The truth that comes out of the Recruit Me 3.0 system is, on the contrary, coaches hope to hear from good athletes who are interested in their program. Coaches have to consistently refill their rosters with new athletes because every year their seniors graduate. They keep busy coaching and rarely have time or budget to discover every promising athlete on their own. Some blue-chip athletes come to a coach's attention through scouting services or media exposure, but there aren't enough of them to fill a roster. Plus, there's a lot of competition to recruit them, so coaches want to hear from good prospects. When you contact them, you are making their job easier. As we have ventured through the first eight myths about athletic scholarships, we are getting interconnected on some of the myths' truths. Myth number one, if my child is good enough, the college coaches will find him or her The truth states that most schools' recruiting budgets are limited, and coaches rely on you to contact them first. They don't have the time or the budget to travel around the country to see your student-athlete compete. The truth from Myth 1 on Episode 279 continues with, Parents, you might think it's too self-promoting to make the initial contact with the coach or to market your child. However, this is the norm, not by the parents, by the student-athlete. If you don't do it, other student-athletes will get the scholarship because they and their parents will have made the effort and received the attention. Coaches these days expect you to do this. It is an accepted practice. In episode 279, I cover some of the key points that relate to both myth number one and myth number nine. Like, a small percentage of high school student-athletes play college sports. 
How contacting colleges is important. How college coaches have low budgets and low amounts of time to recruit. The tools you need to contact college coaches. And why marketing the student-athlete is important. The point about a small percentage of high school student-athletes, 7%, go on to play a college sport and that only 2% of college athletes get athletic scholarships shows how competitive it is and that you have to show initiative and aggressiveness to get recruited. What coach doesn't want those characteristics in their players? I did an interview with Coach Neil Stafford. Coach Stafford is the men's head golf coach at Missouri State. Back on episode 214, Coach Stafford gives us insight into college sports. At our level, very, very competitive, and, and at every level for that, that matter. But, you know, Division One level is the top of the top and, and uh, just a ton of great players out there that we're competing against. In another clip from that episode, Coach Stafford talks about getting on a coach's radar, golfers contacting coaches early, how many emails he gets, how playing competitively is important, and how the recruiting calendar can be important. When does a high school golfer uh, get on your radar? Well, kind of going back to what I said earlier, you know, there's just a whole host of, of ways over the years that that's happened for us. That's going to happen, you know, as far as contacting coaches, I, my advice would be to, you know, high school young men and women to, you know, just, just get your information out there as early as possible. Pretty, pretty early once that high school freshman year rolls around and, you know, it never hurts to get your name and information out in front of a coach. But, you know, we're out we're out recruiting during, uh, you know, mostly during the summer months, but also fielding hundreds of emails. You know, we're receiving 750 to 1,000 inquiries per class. You know, it never hurts to just get your information out there as early as possible. And, you know, I think that would be, that would be my best advice. And we talk a lot on the Recruit Me about when, when to start contacting coaches. And I know physically a lot of times in, in basketball, football, baseball, those sports – being 5'10 and weighing 120 pounds as a freshman isn't probably very impressive for a coach. So we kind of suggest waiting until you kind of mature a little bit, especially on the men's side. But golf is a, could be a little bit different that way. Well, yeah, you know, we're not exactly a position sport. Um, so all, all shapes and sizes, I guess, if, if you will. But just getting that information out there as soon as possible and playing competition is important. I think it's important at the local level. I mean, most coaches would want to see, you know, the ability to, especially at our level, the ability to, to win. And I think that's important, whether that's a, that's a local contest or a, or a state contest or a regional or a national, you know, anytime you're competing and showing the ability to win uh, is, is important. I think that, I think that's hugely, hugely valuable. Uh, you mentioned email. So email is probably one of the best ways to get a hold of you. It sounds like emails, emails, phone calls, text. One thing to keep in mind, and this is, this is fairly recent within the last couple of years, you obviously are able to email a coach at any point, but at least for Division One golf at this point, it's the same way for a few other sports. We're not able to respond uh, until June 15th after the sophomore year. Right. So, you know, midsummer going into that junior year, even if uh, they were to call us, we, we would not be able to return that call. But, you know, it never hurts to, uh, to send an email and we keep track of all those emails and, and put them in by class. And so then, you know, June, June 15th is kind of the new, uh, new big day. Any point, any point after there, you know, after that sophomore year, then there can start to be some contact, you know, phone calls and emails and some, some response there. 
One last clip from Coach Stafford talks about your emails to coaches. What kind of things would you like to see in an email, uh, Neil? You know, just it, it doesn't have to be anything lengthy. Like, you know, I think most coaches, there's we get a lot of them. So, you know, I think just short and sweet and to the point, uh, you know, give, give the information that you're, you know, you feel is important. You know, a resume, a tournament schedule. I will, I will say on a swing video, just something as simple as a YouTube link with, you know, a couple of views from down the line and, and face on. And, and I personally would say no, no need for slow motion. I like to kind of see the real speed and real sound and, um, you know, we can, we can slow it down if we need to. So it doesn't have to be anything extravagant, but I think just a, you know, an introduction, a paragraph or two, you know, something that's just easy to easy to see and concise, I think, is, is the most important. These clips give great advice from a coach's perspective for not only golf, but for all other sports. I like to follow Twitter, and there is some very good advice and information out there. Here are some tweets that back the truth about myth number nine. From at the underscore CA advantage, they tweeted, Creating a wide web at appropriate levels may be the single most important thing a player can do to help their recruiting process. At Get Placed tweeted, If they don't know who you are, how are they supposed to recruit you? Start the introduction and make yourself known. At Eric Peterson 713 tweeted, Recruits, do not put your recruiting future in the hands of anyone other than yours. Take full responsibility of your recruiting path and how you navigate those waters. At the end of the day, it's you signing the NLI, not anyone else. Build your own yellow brick road. At Julian Saucy 16, the tweet said, If the kid can't take the initiative and send an email, how can I expect him to get simple things done in my program? At Next Level BB added, Players, parents. Remember, recruits, scouts don't blindly go to tournaments and games. They know who they are going to see 99% of the time. At Dan Chavette tweeted, Recruiting 101, market yourself. Don't let someone else create your future. At D3 Direct tweeted, Recruits, don't wait to hear from the schools on your list. Take the initiative. Reach out to college coaches and recruit yourself to schools that you want to attend. At Keith underscore Scott 05 tweeted, before a recruit starts getting letters in the mail, phone calls, home visits, and all the love from college coaches, either the recruit or someone close to the recruit made contact with those schools first to start the process. If it hasn't happened for you, keep reaching out. Another tweet from at Eric Peterson 713 said, Recruits, the quickest way to get a response from a coaching staff is to email the recruiting coordinator or position coach. At Eric Peterson 713 is the head coach of Benedictine College Baseball in Atchison, Kansas. Sutton, my youngest son, attended a prospect camp and got an offer from Coach Peterson at the end of last summer. Sutton had done research on Benedictine College, and our family was familiar with Coach Peterson when he was the pitching coach at Drury University and recruited my older son, Parker. Sutton emailed Coach Peterson at the first of the summer with his introductory email and his player profile and some videos and asked if Benedictine was still looking for an outfielder from the class of 2022. Coach Peterson responded that they were not sure how many players he had coming back yet and to check back. So mid-summer, Sutton re-emailed Coach Peterson and asked again about an opportunity to attend a prospect camp 
and the coach invited him to a prospect camp and a campus visit. None of this would have happened if Sutton hadn't emailed and made the initial and follow-up contacts. If you have listened to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast before, you know that my older son is now at Northwestern University in the Big Ten Conference. Episode 215 outlines how Parker got rewarded by Northwestern, and it shows how he reached out to the Northwestern coaches first and invited them to come watch him play. These tweets, examples, and audio clips show many of the great pieces of information to help you take charge of your recruitment. Depending on your maturity and even your sport, you, the student-athlete, with the help of your parents, can contact college coaches and get you on the right foot. I recommend that a specific email address be set up with the student-athlete's name, something like suttonhanks2022 at gmail.com. And that email can be seen and shared by the student-athlete and the parents. I, as the parent, help to create, proofread, and remind the boys to send emails. Once the communications from the coaches came, those communications were between my sons and the coaches, and most were then done by phone or text. Parents, be their secretary, their calendar, and their English teacher. There is a lot of talk about how hard it is to get recruited at this time. The challenges of how competitive all sports are these days, and the high school and the club teams being competitive, being year-round, and athletes being specialized. And another challenge is the COVID situation, and then the transport portal challenges. They can all be disheartening. But they are also opportunities. With there being hundreds of teams and thousands of players to recruit, coaches do not have the time or the money to see everyone. So making your list of schools, researching them, and developing emails that are personalized and informative to send to college coaches is a great advantage. With the COVID challenge that overloads rosters and doesn't allow coaches to see as many games live, again, being aggressive by contacting college coaches will give you a leg up on the competition or other recruits. As you heard earlier, Sutton's emails to Coach Peterson broke through the COVID challenge. Another newer challenge is the transfer portal, or just the ability to transfer more freely and not use up their eligibility. Maybe I can do an episode on the transfer portal soon. As a transfer portal allows players to move to another program, it also allows coaches to shop the transfer portal for a player or players to fill spots to improve their teams. Contacting the schools on your list, adjusting your list, and then recontacting Those opportunities is essential. As a player enters the transfer portal, then that opens a spot that could be yours. So, don't be shy about contacting college coaches. They are hoping you do contact them. The Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System is a great way to learn how to go through all the steps to contact and get contacted by college coaches. Go to recruit-me.com backslash system and click the Get Access button to see the new special price. The new special gets you the Recruit Me 3.0 system, plus the QR Recruiter Draft Tag and Player Profile, a $35 value. You can get all of these great recruiting resources for only $127. So get started today. Listen next week for the final myth, myth number 10 about athletic scholarships. Myth number 10 is, I already received a letter from a coach, so I'm being recruited. Join me next Tuesday to see what that letter or email means.